Carolina and all the ships at sea. You want to get in? 654-7627. I see people already lining up to do so. You know, remind me to let you just take care of the phone lines. Now uh, she's walking around. See? She had a duty and now she's not doing it. Now she's walking around. Ramona, Ramona desperately wants the results of the Pick'em contest posted because Ramona wants it known that she was not last. Now, I think exactly. Ramona has a chance to finish as high as fourth. She finished fourth. Did she? I got to tell you, yeah. Know, I got to so know. the unofficial results. Oh, you already oh, finished the results. You finished yeah. fourth. I, I finished fourth. fourth out of eight. How about that? Out of eight. <laughs> How about that? Not out of five. <laughs> That's right. Not out of six. Seven, but out of eight. New host of the press box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they get up too early. I'm uh, sleeping when they're on. Hey, uh, you want to get in, as I said, you're welcome to. A couple things. Before we get going, let me just say this. While I feel like I had a decent season analyzing the bowl games, I was wrong about Alabama. I was wrong about Georgia. I was wrong about both those games. I want to make this clear. Just make in sure case there's anyone. I don't want anyone to miss me saying this uh, later right. and say, yo, you never admit when you're I want to make right. this absolutely clear. I was wrong. About right. Alabama. Hey, that's Quack over there. Quack is were. with us. You won't know that for a minute, but but He's a how, are you? how are you? He's Quack? a witness. I'm good. Well, I'm good. Well, I, I was going. I was wrong, Quack. Did you know? I was wrong about Alabama, and I was wrong about Georgia. I mean, I thought Oklahoma would kick the living crap out of Georgia. I just want to say that right off the start, I was wrong. Hey, Ramona, did I tell you that I was wrong about those two games? Yes, you wrong. did. You just told me two seconds ago. Well, I, I want to make it. it clear. I was wrong about yes, those two games. I heard. You. I was totally wrong. Wrong you about were, those you two were games. Wrong Absolutely about wrong. Wrong. A hundred percent wrong. Okay. Yes. Are there any Georgia fans or Alabama or Alabama fans who haven't heard that yet? I, I was wrong. Mia culpa. Here, you can each stab me in one arm. All right. Uh, <laughs> now, here. Look, here's the thing. Now, I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to give you some reasons why I think certain things happened. I, I want it to be known up front. These are not excuses or anything else. These are the reasons I think things happened as they did. But they don't change the fact that I was wrong. Okay? We got that? We square on that? I was wrong. I was wrong about both those games. And nothing that follows will change the fact that I was wrong about those games. We good? Good. Because you know, Quack, that gets misunderstood a lot. It gets, yes. uh, and I don't want, I don't want to leave any misunderstanding. Uh, I, I want to make it clear right off the top. If I were to give you one reason, and I did mention this last week, but I mentioned it in passing. I, I know everyone is on the. You know, maybe Chip does have a number. Maybe Chip on the shoulder actually was on the roster. Maybe he did have a number. Maybe Alabama was so motivated. Maybe, maybe that's true. Maybe, maybe I laughed and joked about that last week. Maybe it's true. But I have a different reason. If if I am only allowed to take one reason, uh, I don't want to call it an intangible because it's tangible, but it's not necessarily something happened in the game but give me one overriding reason why you think Clemson lost to Alabama and it doesn't mean your answer is right or wrong or my answer is right or wrong but I'm going to tell you what I think mine was I I thought it was offensive line of scrimmage because that would have unleashed the play calling element and and really a secondary reason of field position because that might have changed how the offensive line of scrimmage played early I felt like it took basically 12 minutes for Clemson's offense to do anything. Offensive line of scrimmage, though, for in the four quarters reason, not a catalyst to something else, yeah. 
That was a consistent problem. See, I think that's the football reason. I think that's the football reason, but I have another reason. And it's something, again, I mentioned in passing last week, but but I didn't really consider it as something that might impact the game. In discussion of the four teams in the playoffs last week, I mentioned that Clemson was the youngest team. I think Clemson's youth and inexperience at key positions in terms of the body type development was a huge factor in their demise. And and I related to a number of things that happened in the game. I, the go-to guy for Clemson in the game was Deion Kane. Deion Kane, quite frankly, hasn't been a go-to guy for most of the year. Correct. But he was a go-to guy in this game because he was the one guy who had the athleticism to get some separation and to make himself available at times. And so he became a go-to guy. But what he didn't have, he didn't have the body type to be able to fight and compete for the ball. On Kelly Bryant's second interception on the slant, if that's Mike Williams, that ball's caught. It's not picked off. Because Mike Williams uses his big body to shield the defender. There was no Mike Williams. And once T. Higgins got injured, there was no T. Higgins. Clemson, it appeared to me that I think the plan was to get T. Higgins and Etienne involved more. Etienne may have wound up being concussed at one point. I don't know whether that's true or not. But Higgins got hurt and, and was no longer a part of the game plan. I just don't think Clemson had any mature bodies at positions of decision. There was no Wayne Gallman. There was no uh, there. There was no Leggett. There was no Mike Williams. There were no mature bodies, and so I think that Clemson's youth really hurt them almost across the board. You know, you know, you look at a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who for who for much of the the game was taking away one of Clemson's biggest weapons, and and Fitzpatrick looks like he should be playing on an NFL field right now. And it just, although Clemson has size and strength at certain positions, they certainly have experience on the offensive line, and there's certainly experience and size and strength on the defensive front. I think when it came to playmakers of decision, Clemson's youth and lack of, of a seasoned body types really hurt them in individual one-on-one matchups. Meanwhile, Alabama is pounding these big 230-pound backs at you, and that was really the difference. I mean, you look at Alabama's stable of running backs versus Clemson's stable of running backs. Uh, that, those two groups didn't compare either. But I just thought almost across the board, Clemson actually suffered from their youth and more specifically as the youth related to body types. I would agree with that, and I think it goes to really the the thing, and I'm just sort of preparing you for this. You'll probably hear a lot today about the offensive play calling. I don't think the play calling was the best, but I don't think it was a disaster because of what you just said. There were people that said on our show just a little bit ago, you know, why didn't Clemson open up the screen game more? Well, my response to that is Clemson tried to open up the screen game kind of the same way that Alabama tried to open up the screen game. In fact, I can remember two different times where Clemson, Alabama ran basically the exact same play. And Alabama, well, there were some schematic things, too, because Alabama had more guys in what I call the rectangle, the 10-yard box within the line of scrimmage. They had more guys spread out to be able to contain that. But also, when you've got Travis Etienne or Tavian Feaster at 195, 200 pounds, whatever it is, and and on the other side, you got Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough finishing at 230. They're going to get five, six yards on that going up against defensive backs. 
Whereas Clemson is going to get no gain on those things because they're being hit by some. And so from that standpoint, I think people are frustrated, not so much by the play calls because Alabama was calling them too, but by who's executing those play calls and how mature they are. So I, I agree with that 100% what you're saying. No, I think, again, I think it was imperative of the staff to get Etienne the ball more. I've said this forever. I, I think that was a fail. Now, again, I don't know what Etienne's health was in this game once he got his bell rung, if that's what happened. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure about any of that in terms of how it impacted it. Look, um, he was he was getting a lot of, uh, absorbing a lot of blows in pass protection for a guy who only got it four times, yeah. if that was the case. So I'll just leave it there. Right, and I think that, that he needed more touches, clearly. Uh, he was the guy going in, I thought his athleticism gave him a chance to be successful against these elite athletes that Alabama had. And I did not think any of those other running backs would because all you needed to do is look back to the Auburn game at the start of the year. And by the way, in terms of what Clemson's offense did in this game versus what it did against Auburn in the start of the year is very similar. Running backs did nothing. The run game was left to Kelly Bryant, except instead of 60 yards, he rushed for 19 when you take into account the sacks. So I, I just think that Clemson never established anything at all offensively. I mean, it, it, there are actually Alabama fans who think they won the game because of Jalen Hurts. If you believe that, you are an idiot. All right. I mean, Alabama had no offense. So the the problem with this theory about Clemson wasn't wasn't ready to play and that the chip made the difference is that Alabama didn't move the ball. Alabama had 250 yards. If you had told me going in Alabama was going to have 250 yards, I say Clemson wins. I mean, I, that wouldn't have been in question. Uh, Clemson did a pretty good job controlling those running backs. I thought it was a little late to adjust to some of those swing passes because that's all Jalen Hurts can do. Uh, Jalen Hurts cannot throw the ball 20 yards downfield. At the end of the night, the difference, I think, is that Alabama turned Kelly Bryant into Jalen Hurts, too. And that one of the things, as Clemson looks back on this game, is going to be that they never stretch the field. And it doesn't matter whether you complete passes or not. You have to do it just to prove to Alabama that you're of that mindset. You can't let Alabama uh, play in a box. Although Alabama showed a lot of different things defensively. Alabama, in my mind, Clemson never made Alabama respect any one factor. Never. And through either commitment to run or stretching the field, they never, Clemson never made Alabama feel threatened at all. So Alabama was comfortable showing multiple looks. I mean, there were many times in the game, you know, I've heard somebody on my way in saying Alabama had 11 guys in the box all night. That's not true. Uh, there, were, there were many times Alabama had six guys in the box. And they were playing two safeties in the middle of the field. Because they basically thought, well, look, we don't need to do any more than that to control Clemson's run. So Clemson never made Alabama do anything. They never forced Alabama to put extra guys in the box. And all night long, Alabama dictated to Clemson. And I think that was the problem. I thought Clemson, and I, I agree with you that a lot of times it was a too high look. But would you agree that because Clemson never attacked downfield, first of all, I, I think the offensive line's failure to hold up against a simple four-man rush as the veteran group on the team of freshmen and sophomores or, you know, juniors without yeah. a whole lot of... I mean, that's the biggest thing, that you can't throw it downfield unless you have protection. And then that allowed Alabama to creep guys in side of 10 yards and make Kelly Bryant beat them over the top of that, knowing full well he's going to take short outlets, he's going to throw quick slants, he's going to throw to the blitz, and so you roll coverage there. I thought they did a really good job taking away everything underneath that Kelly Bryant 
wanted to do. Yeah, they did. And, you know, look, there were times Alabama rushed four. There were times they rushed seven. I mean, for example, right. on the third and nine in the second quarter, I, I think that was the play that uh, Kelly Bryant takes the, the hit uh, and isn't able to deliver the ball deep enough in the corner of the end zone to T. Higgins to make a plan. He's a one-on-one with Brown. I think Higgins would have beat Brown if that ball got out there, but it never did. Alabama rushed seven on that play. Uh, Clemson kept choice in on that play, so it had six blockers, but the safety walked right up the middle and just grilled Bryant. No one touched him, went straight up the middle. Alabama brought seven on the play, and and the ball never reached its target. But I think that was part of it. I, I think... You know, look, you only get one chance at these games. And I still think Clemson's youth and body types at the skill positions was a big factor in the game. Uh, just going up against Alabama's more mature body types on defense, it, it didn't work. Um, and I think there are a lot of uh, different factors, and we'll examine them through the course of the day. But, uh, but look, I, I think sometimes you just give the other guy credit, too. And, and, and Alabama, I think, played to the best of their abilities. But one thing I will not hear, I will not hear how Jalen Hurts or Alabama's offense beat Clemson because that didn't happen. And I think that when you look at what Alabama did in 250 yards of offense and Jalen Hurts threw for his 110 or 20 yards, whatever it was, which was actually the same or less than he threw for last year, and, you know, and I've seen this from Alabama people, they think Jalen Hurts again is is like some god. Let me tell you about your god. I think it's second quarter, um, maybe it's, I don't remember the score situation at that point, but mid-second quarter, Alabama runs a flea flicker, and they have Calvin Ridley 15 yards open for a score. Jalen Hurts could have turned around backwards, punted the ball over his head, and Ridley would have caught it. (laughs) He was so open. I mean, the game's over. The game is totally over if Hurts delivers that ball. Hertz throws one of the worst passes I've ever seen. It's 15 yards short and allows the Clemson defender to get back into the play and knock it down. But that's who Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts cannot throw a football at all. And that's why going in, I thought Clemson would beat Alabama. It turns out that, as I said, I think that Alabama turned Kelly Bryant into Jalen Hurts as well, in part because the offensive line uh, didn't really handle anything up front all, all, all game. Really didn't. I thought it was a disappointing performance by a, a experienced offensive line who I thought really was beaten up front. Uh, but again, you know, let me just say this. While, while I think that's true, let me ask you, think about this possibility. If we had just transposed the backfields, if we had given Clemson Alabama set of backs and Clemson and Alabama had Clemson set of backs, do you think anybody would be talking about Clemson's offensive line today? Or would Clemson have won the game the exact way Alabama would? And my answer is Clemson would have won the game the exact way Alabama would, which is why I think it really had a lot to do with the body types at the skill positions. I don't disagree with that at all. And I also think it's a misnomer that Clemson lost the line of scrimmage because that's looking at Clemson's offensive line. To me, Clemson's defensive line more than held its own yeah, against Alabama's well. run game and then against Hurts. So many times Hurts either throws the ball away or has to roll out and throws an inaccurate ball because he's being chased. He wasn't sacked 100 times. but And I also think, too, and this is where this is where I sort of get critical of play callers, but this is more general than anything else. Play callers will say, and I've heard I've had coaches say this from all different, you know, all different types of programs and different offenses and things of that nature. Well, when they get backed up, you can only call so, so many plays. 
to me, Clemson's coaches wasted like 12 minutes in the game waiting for good field position, and then they got good field position at the plus 20 in the second half, and they went minus five because they had no idea what to do with Bama's defense when they actually got a break. They didn't have a one-on-one. They didn't have a Higgins in the game at that point to be able to go up and high point a ball in tight coverage. And they just were, to me, they, they were not, they did not take advantage of the opportunities that they had. And I think the excuse of, well, we were backed up for the whole first quarter. To me, at some point, you're just backed up because you're backed up and you got to get away out of that. Well, that's right. Hey, look, it's up to you if you want to stay for another segment or not. I got to run, okay. unfortunately. All right. but Great job, Quack. Good thanks, talking well, to you. Appreciate um, it. You know, I want to talk about the, uh, the a number of things that occurred during the game. I think clearly the biggest sequence in the game was third quarter, uh, Clemson with a second and two at the Alabama 35-yard line, and that's when they elected to throw the ball. I, I thought it was a bad decision at the time, uh, said so, still do. Um, I know that uh, Todd Blackledge immediately blamed Etienne on that play. Uh, I, it, it was not Etienne's fault, in my estimation. Uh, I think what you saw happen was, on that sequence, uh, Etienne is to Kelly Bryant's right, and he sees Falsinelli getting beaten in the middle of the line, and he steps up because he thinks Falsinelli's guy is about to blow by him, and it sure looked that way to me as well. And so Etienne steps up. Ankrum peeks in and gets beaten by Jennings to the outside, never touches Jennings. And then Etienne tries to recover to Jennings, but it's too late because he's already stepped up because he thinks Falsinelli's man has beaten him. So uh, Etienne was blamed on television. That was not Etienne's fault. Uh, that was, if anyone, it was Ankrum, who's got to at least make contact with Jennings on that play, which he didn't make contact at all. And Jennings just blew by him for the sack. I know Clemson coaches have indicated they, they thought they had Ray Ray on it. I don't see it. Uh, and the overhead view of it, I, I don't see it. I don't see anybody open on that play. Not open enough that it would have made a difference. It was second and two. Etienne had just had two eight-yard runs on like the previous three plays. It was the only time in the game that you really had anything going and you were running the ball effectively. And one thing used to people used to criticized Chad Morris for was the failure to run the ball when you had something going. It's the only time in the game you really had something going until that final drive, which doesn't count. And and you stopped doing what you had going because you should have just given it to ETN. Keep it simple. Second and two, first down, keep playing, keep driving, and who knows how that game would have turned out. But I thought ETN was hot suddenly, and instead of Instead of continuing that, he wound up getting public blame uh, for pass protection on a play that I don't think was his fault. I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, that there was a disagreement in our own living room situation about whose fault that was. And I thought there were a number of those where because of where the blitz came and because of what was happening there, that ETM was a little bit confused. And again, I blame the offensive line for not allowing predictability to dictate where a young running back was going to pass protect. We're late. We'll be back. Walter Tula Road Rage. Thanks, Quack. Zero Res is the answer to cleaning at its finest with no harsh chemicals. No residue, safe from toxins, and your carpet, upholstery, tile, and grout will stay cleaner longer. Spell it forwards or backwards, it's the right way to clean. Zero Res, Greenville.com. Anything that's made just for you is a perfect fit, right? Like a tailored suit. It fits your measurements. No one else's. That same kind of fit is exactly what Engineered Sleep strives for. A mattress made just for you, built to your sleeping patterns and habits. What could be more important than a good night's rest? Engineered Sleep wants to make it a perfect night's rest. 
If after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process. Learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there is no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking up your mattress instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep. It's not mattress shopping. It's an experience. Mondays can seem like the zombie apocalypse. People are staggering around mumbling. Coffee. And most places seem completely abandoned. With one exception. Welcome to Moe's! Every Monday at Moe's is filled with life as friends listen to killer tunes, catch up on the weekend, and enjoy their awesome burrito or burrito bowl made with 20-plus fresh ingredients. Not to mention the free chips and salsa. So see you next Moe Monday. Unless you like hanging out where it's kind of dead. Roosters Men's Grooming Center believes a man deserves a space of his own when it comes to grooming. Roosters offers the charm and comfort of a classic American barbershop, but updated to accommodate the 21st century man. Our professional stylists and barbers will make sure you receive the customized barbershop experience through classic haircuts, shaves, and products that reaffirm what it means to look and feel great. Roosters at the Plaza on Pelham. Book your appointment today at 884-8920. Road Rage with Walt Zepsula on 105.5 The Roar. to the road rage we're WCCP 105.5 the roar we're back let me just explain this all right I, I thought that I don't really buy the chip still I don't think I think Alabama played hard I think Alabama had 36 37 days and here's where we get into these these sort of flashback reasons that aren't excuses because again, as I said, I was wrong. I, I made let me let me just say this. I fu- I made these picks fully cognizant of the things I'm about to say. I made them anyway. All right. So to be clear, I was wrong despite these facts. However, however, I do think if you look back on this situation in in looking for why what happened with Alabama and Clemson, now you might just flat out say Alabama's better, and I'm okay with that. Based on last night, I'm okay with saying that. And that none of these reasons are applicable. But because I said this in advance, I feel it's worth noting. Alabama benefited greatly by losing. They got well. They got healthy. They had time to heal. They had 36, 37 days. I'm sorry. It mattered. The committee gave Alabama an inherent advantage by losing. That should not happen. 
Nothing has changed that. Alabama did not belong here. I said this in advance. I said, even if they go on to win it, they didn't belong. And them winning doesn't prove they belonged. It proves that they had a competitive advantage that was granted to them by the committee because they, they, they benefited from losing and had 36, 37 days to get better. That shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. A team that loses and removes themselves from the process should not benefit. But that's what happened. Again, I knew this in advance when I made the pick. The pick was wrong, period. But I also said that in advance. And I still think it was a factor last night. But I think of all the things that I look at last night, I think the fact that Clemson did not have mature body types at skill positions is why Clemson lost. I think if there's one single thing that I could say in watching that game, and I watched it, the original game, and I watched a good deal of it again this morning. The fact that Clemson did not have a Mike Williams, did not have a Jordan Leggett, did not have a Wayne Gallman, they did not have guys that Kelly Bryant could rely on or go to. Bryant's guys in this game were of immature body types. He had nowhere to go for help. Uh, Clemson handed the ball to running backs 15 times. The only guy who gained any yards was Etienne. Ethan was averaging six yards a carry. Nobody else gained anything. I said they wouldn't going in. I knew that would be the case. My hope was that Etienne would get 15 carries. He didn't. I think that was a mistake. I think all year long, Clemson should have fed Etienne more. Alabama, listen, Alabama shows you a lot of different things up front. And, and, and that's what makes it tough. It makes it tough on any back because... Again, Choice was in in pass protection when when Clemson faced the third and nine that ultimately uh, uh, wound up being a sack. Well, it wasn't a sack. It, uh, um, Kelly Bryant got rid of the ball, but the pass came up short in the end zone to Higgins because he was drilled right in the midsection by his untouched safety coming right up the middle. Choice was in on pass protection, but there were two clean guys. Choice took the outside guy. He took 15 coming off the edge. I'm not sure it was going to get there, so that may have been a mistake. He perhaps should have taken the guy coming up the middle. But nonetheless, this is the the problem that Alabama presents, and it's what a a, a typical uh, odd front defense presents, is that you don't necessarily know where the guys are coming from. And and an experienced Clemson offensive line at times look confused. At times, Alabama brought more than they could block like that situation in which Alabama brought seven. They brought seven on that third and nine, seven. Whether Clemson should have gone to more of a max protect. I I don't think it mattered because, again, if Mike Williams is the guy that Kelly Bryant throws the slant to, the slant that was deflected and wound up being intercepted, if Mike Williams is the guy in that situation, that's a catch, period. There's no interception. It's a catch. Because Williams shields the defender, uses his body. That ball's thrown to Deion Kane. And Deion Kane doesn't have a body type to fight for the football. He just doesn't. Not against that team. Not against that team. And while I did mention this last week, I didn't harp on it. I considered it and moved past it and picked Clemson anyway. I think in hindsight, I was wrong. I think that the immaturity of the 
the Clemson body types at skill position versus the maturity of the Alabama body types at skill position. It's, it's not the play calling. It's, it's, it, there are other factors, but above all, it's those factors. It's there was no Gallman that you could give it to 20 times and feel good about it. There was no Mike Williams who you could throw it to in traffic or in one-on-one situations or even uh, even double-covered and feel good that he's going to make a play on the ball. There was no Leggett who could get down the seam, big body, who presented targets, uh, presented a target for your quarterback. There wasn't any of that. There was no tight end, zero, for Kelly Bryant to go to. There was no receiver who could fight for the ball physically, none. There was no running back who was going to carry it 20 times, and that's why Clemson lost. That's it. That's the singular biggest reason Clemson lost the game. Uh, in my review last night when I watched, this morning when I watched, that's what I see. That's what I see. There weren't those reliable, mature, physical bodies to combat Alabama. Alabama's got cats like Minka Fitzpatrick on the back end of that defense. Minka Fitzpatrick looks like he should be playing on a pro field right now. I mean, the guy is not only the brains of the Alabama defense, he's all over the field. He's all over the field. I also thought the Alabama offensive line, even though Clemson... I thought did a nice job defensively for the most part, held Alabama to 250 yards, did what they needed to. I thought elements of the Alabama offensive line controlled the game, most notably Jonah Williams, who I've said before, maybe the second best Alabama offensive lineman I've ever seen, and I thought he won the battle with Cleveland Farrell. Uh, I think Farrell made a play later in the second half, but uh, Jonah Williams is tremendous at left tackle. Tremendous, absolutely great. Not not good. Not not really good. All these crappy offensive linemen that they're talking about at the top of the this NFL draft. I'll take Jonah Williams over any of those cats. All right, all six lines have been lit. I apologize. I, I have a lot to get to. I haven't even started on Georgia and Oklahoma yet. Uh, this show could go literally go twelve hours. Uh, there's there's no preparation for this other than uh, I watched the game again this morning or a good part of the game again this morning. Let me get to, uh, where are we here? Ramona, you put, uh, let's see, it is um, mm, mm, Dave in Simpsonville and then Bama Scott and Bulldog Demetrius immediately. Uh, Dave, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Hey, Dave. Appreciate you getting in. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm going to jump up there right with you because for the entire, since the ACC championship, since it was tagged that Clemson played out, plays Alabama, I said we were a 10 point better. We were 10 points better throughout the entire season, that, that entire month. And, you know, I looked at the very first play, the opening kickoff, when Bama kicked off, Etienne got it. And he just got blown up. If you remember that yep. opening kickoff, the guy just blew him up. You could tell Bama was out there with purpose in their mind. And 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 Quark used the term doo-doo sandwich for our offense. We also are talking about our offensive line. We're also talking about body. And 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 I agree with all of that. But I also think you've got to give credit to Jeremy Pruitt 
and that defense because they came hard at Kelly Bryant. He had no time to stretch field. He had no time to throw the ball vertically. Whether he had Mike Williams or not, it's I just he was not allowed the option to be able to throw the football. Well, Davis, because Clemson never established anything. That's the problem. I mean, they, right. Alabama but, dictated the game defensively to Clemson. Exactly. And Clemson never. Clemson needed to establish one thing to force Alabama to adjust. That didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. Alabama, yeah. Alabama dictated terms all night, and they moved in and out yeah. of various looks defensively because they did not feel threatened by Clemson. And I think because of that, that goes into play. Not only just the the immaturity of our bodies or, or of our skill position bodies, but also the immaturity of playing in. Now, we played in a big stage with the ACC championship. We played in a big stage with Carolina, but nothing to this magnitude in something as big as the you know the Superdome and the Sugar Bowl. And, you know, you got to say, maybe the lights were too bright this year. Dave, for, look, look, for, look, look, but let me say this. All right, that may okay. be, but. Let me ask you a simple question. And again, this goes to the All body right. types, and, and, and I used this before, earlier, last segment. If you switched the running back groups, if the Alabama running back group played for Clemson and the Clemson running back group played for Alabama, who wins the game? Well, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't. Well, I mean, that, but, but I think the point is that goes to the the body type yeah. maturity issue. Alabama's coming at oh. you with multiple backs yeah. who are 235 pounds and Clemson's backs are are uh, nothing of that ilk and nothing of that ability. Well, absolutely. But you also, what our game plan is predicated on too is the quick pass, is the being able to run, is getting Kelly Bryant some running lanes. And we couldn't do that because no. Bama's defense plugged it. Let me ask you, C.J. Fuller, where was he? We, we saw nothing at 27 last night. Well, and look, I think C.J. Fuller fumbled a couple times during the year, and I thought I think he lost his place in the hierarchy. I mean, I I don't think it was Fuller that's the problem. I, I, I still think the issue is just not enough carries. The one guy who had a chance to make plays against Alabama was Ethan, and you, you yeah. know, again, he carried it four or five times for 22 yards. No one else averaged more than like two or three yards. And that's just like it was against Auburn. You know, I, I, if uh, this game was remarkably similar to that Auburn game in that, you know, Etienne wasn't used in that game. The Clemson running backs couldn't gain a yard against Auburn. Right. And the other Clemson running backs really couldn't gain a yard against Alabama last night. The only guy with any chance to make plays against him was Etienne. And again, I think you go back to that third quarter sequence when Clemson finally, for the only time in the game, in my mind, had something going on the ground and went away from it. They had a hot back. He had just gained eight yards yeah. on uh, two of the previous three plays. And on second and two, instead of giving it to him again, you tried to throw it, and uh, that blew up on you and ultimately resulted yeah. in a double-digit lead that, given the lack of offense you were producing, there was no way you were going to come back from. I'll take this off the air, but I, I think you're right. I think at some point, and, and it may have been off the first hit from opening kickoff, or there was a 
where Etienne came in and threw a block, and he got his head wrenched or he got popped pretty good. I think he may have been hearing bells and seeing Tweety Birds oh, yeah. throughout most of the night. Yeah, I think that, he got, yeah, I think that may be true. He, he got hammered. All right, Walt, have a great day. Thank Thanks you, Dave. Yep. You, look, that's 100% right. And look, and look the, the loss of T. Higgins didn't help because, you know, I suggested last week that that you were going to see more of Higgins because Higgins was the one guy who could make plays potentially against this Alabama secondary because of his individual brilliance. Again, he's not a mature body type either, but his individual greatness, like with Etienne, uh, allowed those guys to have a chance to make plays. And the question was, where were the Clemson playmakers were going to come from? And the answer is they didn't. They didn't. Clemson, again, to my way of thinking, Clemson never established anything. It was an uneven offensive performance in terms of how it was called, but I think it goes directly to the lack of maturity of the body types. Now, again, I have a test to say, well, then, Walt, is that a failure of Clemson recruiting? I'll answer that when we get back. Walt Tula Road Rage. Quick break. We'll be back. Join Walt Tula's Road Rage at Twin Peaks this Thursday for some awesome food, drinks, and, of course, the scenic views. Get sports delivered to you like only Walt can do. And enjoy the cold beer and the HDTVs live this Thursday at Twin Peaks on Woodruff Road. If you dream of owning your own business but are overwhelmed at where to start or what to do, call JanPro. Whether it's extra income or starting a new career, JanPro will guide you, train you, support you the whole way. Just listen. They set you up so when you do go out, they don't set you up to fail. They set you up to succeed. As a unit, it makes everybody successful. And I think that's what it is about JanPro. As a unit, they want to be successful. Call 485-3053 or online at jan-prowc.com. Vehicles repairs can be a painful experience, but don't let them be. The experts at My Garage are here to treat your vehicle like the major investment it is. Call today to make your appointment at 633-5800 or visit us at 551 Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. South Carolina driver's licenses and IDs are changing. The South Carolina Department of Motor Vehicles is now accepting documents for you to change your current card to a federally approved real ID. All of the following must be true for you to be eligible to buy a real ID license online next year. Required documents on file with the SCDMV. Driving privileges in good standing. A regular Class D, E, F, M, or any combination of the four license. And a U.S. citizen. Visit scdmvonline.com to learn more about changing your card. Start the process now and save time later. You know Joe's New York Pizza is all about the sauce because I've told you so. Here's the thing, people. They have outrageous wings as well. They're not fried. And if you're up to the task, you can even get them with Cajun Asian sauce. Their meatballs and marinara come with their famous garlic knots. And remember, if you have certain food allergies, Joe's offers gluten-free. Joe's has delivery, and they're great for fundraisers. And the Clemson location caters with two locations in Seneca and Clemson. Joe's New York Pizza. What interest rate would you rather pay on your credit card debt? 16% or less than 6 The answer is obvious. Lightstream. Because with Lightstream, you may be able to consolidate credit card debt and dramatically cut your interest rate to as low as 5.49% APR with AutoPay. Plus, radio listeners get an additional rate discount. Just go to lightstream.com sports. With average interest rates on credit card debt at 16% APR, 
Lightstream could save you thousands in interest. And because Lightstream is a division of SunTrust Bank, one of the nation's largest and strongest financial institutions, you can have complete peace of mind. The application takes just minutes, and there are no fees and no pressure. Just lower rates, one low fixed monthly payment, and huge savings. So if you have good to excellent credit, apply today and get a special interest rate discount when you go to lightstream.com slash sports. That's lightstream.com slash sports. lightstream.com slash sports. Subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Available when you select auto pay prior to loan funding. Advertised rates, terms, and promotions are subject to change without notice. Conditions and limitations apply. Visit lightstream.com for important terms and conditions. Road Rage with Walt Zetsula. you got to calm down. You're getting a little emotional. On 105.5 The Roar. Welcome to the Red Rage, Weird WCCP, 105.5 The Roar. Uh, a couple things before we get going here. I'm coming to you on the Northland Communication phone lines. Um, a texter asked me, is that a Clemson fail in recruiting then? No, it's an ebb and flow of what happens from one year to the next. Again, it, it, everyone always focuses on Deshaun Watson, but had you put Wayne Gallman, Mike Williams, and Jordan Leggett on that field last in that game, it's a totally different football game. Totally different football game. There were no reliable weapons, none. The one guy who had, the, the one guy who returned who had hurt Clemson the last couple of years, Minka Fitzpatrick took out of the game. And so there was nobody left to throw the ball to. Nobody. The only available target was Deion Kane. And he had an uneven game. But at least at least I thought he was competitive. And I thought there needed to be more of that. But look at the body type. The, the body type, again, on the slant, if that's Mike Williams, not Deion Kane, that's a catch and Clemson's moving. Instead, it was intercepted. There's no way that pass is intercepted if it's thrown to Mike Williams. None. It's a catch. Alabama had nobody who could handle Mike Williams a year ago. Nobody. Nobody. Last night, Clemson had nobody who could threaten them. The maturity all was to Alabama's side. You're, you're running guys like that against guys like Minka Fitzpatrick. And you're not going to win against Brown and, and, and the likes. So you're not going to win those battles. That's why T. Higgins was important. T. Higgins doesn't have the Mike Williams body type, but what he had was size and freakish ability, A.J. Green-like ability. And that's why I think Clemson was counting on him last night. And whether it, whether he ever became a bigger factor in the game, we'll never know because he got injured and, and didn't play. But make no mistake about it, that's the biggest issue that Clemson faced. It, 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 you know, people want to say, well, Alabama dominated the line of scrimmage. So did Clemson. So did Clemson's defense. The defenses were a push. The difference was the maturity of the bodies on offense. And this is hard to understand. Clemson had like 180 yards. And Bama had like 250. Neither team had any friggin' yards. 
if you swap the maturity of the Alabama skill position players for the maturity of the Clemson skill position players, Clemson wins. Because those yardage figures flip-flop. It wasn't going to be great any way you look at it. There, weren't, there, there was no yardage. Jalen Hurts wasn't any better than Kelly Bryant. Jalen Hurts threw for like 110 yards and missed receiver after receiver after receiver. The only pass Jalen Hurts could complete was a swing pass to his backs. That's it. He blows oats. He had like 40 yards rushing. That's it. The difference was he had Calvin Ridley and he had Damian Harris. That's the difference. Let me tell you something. Calvin Ridley may be the best receiver on the frigging planet, but no one will ever know because Jalen Hurts is the guy throwing the ball. Calvin Ridley's open all the time. You want a guy who should be frustrated? Calvin Ridley had his man beaten by 15 yards on the flea flicker and Hurts underthrew it by 15 yards. I know everyone thinks, oh, Alabama had the chip on their shoulder. They were so motivated. That is the difference. The maturity of the bodies of the skill position players. That was it. Because if you flip-flop those skill position players, Clemson wins. Clemson wins. It was a, again, I want to emphasize this. The yardage was 250 to 180. Or something of that sort. Ramona, look up the total yardage numbers for me in that football game last night. I'm going off the top of my head. Give me some exact figures. But that's that's what it was. N- neither team had any offense. Early on, I thought Clemson was a little slow to adjust to the uh, to the swing passes to the backs. Because that, because look, that's all Hurts can do. You know he's not going to be chucking the ball 40 yards down the field because he can't. So the only thing he's going to do is throw the ball laterally. You know, that idiot Barrett Salee wrote, Jalen Hurts a polished passer. Todd Blackledge, before the broadcast last night, said Jalen Hurts can make every throw a quarterback needs to make. You're insane. You're insane. Jalen Hurts can't make any throw. The only throw he can make is are swing passes to the backs, and even those are never thrown with touch or accuracy. If he had touch or accuracy and could lead those guys, they'd still be running. If he could throw the ball, Alabama would have won by 30 last night. But none of that happened. What happened was you had a game where one team had 250 yards and the other 180 yards. And neither team really ever established much of anything. The game came down to a couple turnovers. And the turnovers were a byproduct of not having maturity at the offensive skill positions. And even if you take Deshaun Watson out of the picture, if if you could have had Mike Williams or you could have had Wayne Gallman, Clemson could have won the game. But you didn't have those guys. You had no, and I, I just think in watching the game and re-watching it today, that was the overwhelming factor in my mind. Overwhelming. I knew people would talk about the offensive line today, and rightfully so. But again, 
Alabama's offensive line, as good as it is, didn't generate significantly more against the Clemson defensive front other than they had bigger backs running behind them. Just think about that for a minute. Alabama tried to establish... Clemson never tried to establish the running backs. Alabama tried to establish their running backs, and while they didn't dominate the game in that fashion because Clemson was just as stout at the point of attack as Alabama was, they gave it to Harris 19 or 20 times, and he rushed for 76, 77 yards. That's it. There's the difference. That's it. There was no offense. It's not like Alabama was moving up and down the field. They weren't. They were not doing any more against Clemson than Clemson was doing against Alabama other than that. They fed the ball to their mature running backs. And they believed they could win that type of game, and they did. Let's go back to the Northland Communication phone lines. I know people want to get in. It's just there's a lot to cover, and I apologize if some of you have been kept waiting. Uh, and I know some of you have. Let's go to Bama Scott Ramon, who's been on hold for 50 minutes. Uh, Scott, how are you? Well, what's going on, brother? Scott, I appreciate you hanging in there. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Hey, first of all, it takes a heck of a man to admit when he's wrong. Appreciate that. You Second w- of all, you're welcome. The, the gloating side of me, I got two words to say to all the Clemson fans that were saying 31-14, 31-17. And both words start with roll tide. <laughs> uh, hey, look, I don't blame you. You guys are, you guys, uh, you won. You did what you needed to do. I think you played as well as you can play. Um, you know, and and uh, congratulations. In any other game besides last night, Clemson's defense did enough to win a ball game. Sure. I mean, That's the point. If I mean, Tua, yeah. If Tua would have been our quarterback last night instead of Jalen Hurts, and I and I hate to sound you know whiny or ungrateful because I'm glad we won, but if Tua would have been our quarterback, we'd have won by at least another 17 points. Well, I don't know about and another 17, that. but I know one thing: uh, that flea flicker would have been a touchdown. I know that. You're right because he'd have hit him in stride. But yeah, we, really, you or well, I could have you or I could have hit him in stride. I mean, Jalen Hurts is one of the few humans on the planet. Who wasn't going to convert that flea flicker? <laughs> Ridley, Ridley's open by fi- too many. Ridley was open by fifteen <laughs> yards. Yeah, I saw it, and you know, I was if I I about threw my Bud Light through the TV when that <laughs> happened, but that's why I couldn't complete the pass. Too many Bud Lights and, and barbecue sandwiches. <laughs> but uh, I, I'll let y'all go, Walt. I just wanted to call and say roll tide, and uh, I'll let the Clemson fans gripe for a while. They've earned it. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you. Thank you. Good job. Uh, hey, let me quickly update you on Real ID. Uh, Real ID, beginner's permits, driver's licenses, ID cards will be available in 2018. Skip the future lines. File your documents with the SEDMV today. Most people will be able to buy a Real ID driver's license online in 2018. You may only have a real ID license ID or a non-compliant license ID. You can't have both. One person, one car. You do not need a real ID license to drive, vote, or receive federal benefits, but starting next year, what you will need it for is to travel within the country. That's right. If you board a plane in the state of South Carolina and you want to travel to New Jersey, for example, you will not be allowed to without a real ID or a passport. That's right. If you don't have the real ID, you will need a passport to travel within the country. Clear? Skip the lines. Do it today. SCDMV online. You'll thank me later. Uh, back to the Northland Communication phone lines. And Ramona, the lineup has changed. So it's Bulldog Demetrius. Is that right? Yeah, 
Let's go to him. Bulldog Sir. Demetrius. Hey, Walt. How you doing? Good, Demetrius. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, on the game yesterday against uh, us playing, I know we was, you know, not expected to win and everything else and so on and so forth, but I think Throm did a great job. Uh, he managed the game. He did what he's supposed to done. And I, and I run it back. And I guess us playing against Alabama, it's going to be our offensive line against against their defensive line. And I think if he can keep Chubbs and uh, Sean and Michelle in check, I think we have a shot winning. Because, I mean, all they got really, I mean, I know they got that defense, but, I mean, if you can slow down Fitzpatrick and Harrison – and slow down uh, uh, Bo Scarborough and all them. We, we got him. But uh, I think this is George's year to win it all. What do you think? Well, look, I think it's going to be an, a fascinating game. One of the things that Georgia has going against them is that game they had to play in in the West Coast because due to having to play that game and turn around and come back, Georgia's going to lose yes, a full sir. day of preparation that Alabama's going to have. And so, uh, but it is. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But we are just an hour away, an hour away from our, an hour away from our stadium. That's true. <laughs> that, that's yeah. true. But I, I think are, I, I think the I, I think that's a slight edge that that goes to Alabama in terms of that, uh, in terms of that travel situation that Georgia has to confront. I mean, it's a fascinating game because in many ways, these two teams are mirror images of one another. They're both power run. Yes, they're both power run teams. Uh, the, 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 uh, defensively, they're similar uh, schematically as well. <laughs> I think Alabama is, is probably a little better uh, defensively than Georgia is. Uh, but, but I think that the, the Georgia running backs may actually be more versatile than the Alabama running backs. Uh, I agree. What, but what it may come down to is the distinction between the two quarterbacks. You know, How about that damn dog? You have one quarterback who uh, is primarily a runner, and you have another quarterback uh, who throws the ball a little more efficiently, still not great, but more efficiently efficiently than Hertz does. So it may come down to yes, that sir. little battle in terms of which of those two guys. And and obviously, Hertz has more experience, but I'm not necessarily sure that's an advantage. What do you think Alabama opening up as four points already? Yeah, I don't think that's surprising. Uh, you knew Alabama would be a favorite. Alabama was a favorite over Clemson. I, I don't think it, I don't think it means very much. Uh, I think it's going to be a fascinating football game. I need to think about it more uh, through the course of the week. I haven't even started uh, trying to break that down or digest the that game yet, uh, but I will. But I, on the surface, on the surface, I would expect a very competitive game. And I know that Saban's history against his assistants is unbelievable. But I think this assistant knows him well enough that it may actually be an advantage, a slight edge to Georgia. Uh, Demetrius, I have to run. I apologize. Let me give you my prediction. Got to run. I apologize. Top of the hour. We'll be right back. Safe at home plate in the Priority One Security Studios. We are WCCP, Clemson, Greenville, 105.5, The Roar. 
If you dream of owning your own business but are overwhelmed at where to start or what to do, call JanPro. Whether it's extra income or starting a new career, JanPro will guide you, train you, support you the whole way. Just listen. We made a very small investment into the business, but yet they took the time to train us and to teach us, you know, how to do what we were supposed to do and everything. And not only to train us, but they follow up with us. Call 485-3053 or online at jan-prowc.com. You've heard talk about Harbin Lumber's strong customer service and elite customer support. They know that time is make or break for you contractors and handymen. Harbin Lumber will walk you through the project from start to finish, providing your order in full and on time. Harbin Lumber will partner with you and find solutions that will not create costly issues and problems later. Call today at 353-5053. That's 353-5053. Harbin Lumber Company. All they need is an opportunity. They will earn the rest. Welcome to Miami! Seeing tall Tia, handcrafted block, 